If you will this morning, turn with me to our text, which will be the entire psalm of Psalm 24 this morning. If you will, turn with me there this morning, and I will read the psalm and ask the Lord's blessing upon it. Psalm 24 reads this way. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas, and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? (coughs) The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, how glorious Thou art. O Lord, I thank Thee that Thou hast gathered us in this place, that You have preserved our freedom to do so, our livelihoods, and all that Thou hast given us. For truly, it is all Yours. O Lord, I pray at this hour now that You would bring us captive, bring our minds and our hearts captive to Thee, that You may pour into us Thyself, that You would be pleased to lift up Thy holy name this this morning. That as these questions are asked in this psalm, that you would be pleased to answer them in our souls. That you would show us, Lord, the King of glory. May you be pleased this morning to bless this passage to thy people, to the souls of thy people. May you anoint my lips to speak thy truth. And may you be glorified. May you be lifted up. For truly, Lord, thou art worthy to be praised. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We think of these three psalms that go together, 22, 23, and 24, and we hardly ever think about 24, at least you like me. 22 enters into the sufferings of Christ, and it shows all that Jesus went through on the cross. And all three of these psalms are messianic, and they all speak of Christ. And then when you bleed into 23, you see the fruit of of what 22 brought us, with all the suffering of Christ that the Lord now is our shepherd and always has been our shepherd. But he, he shows us his finished work on the cross. He shows us and comforts us that he is our shepherd that always goes before us, who has provided everything for us, and that we have no need outside of him. And then we come to the psalm that we're going to focus in on today, which shows the ascension of our Lord the, the mediatorial work, the intercessor that he is on our behalf this morning in all the days of our life. And so it is, I hope your, your heart is, is leaping this morning as I read that psalm, 
And I hope he answers to you who the king of glory is in your soul this morning. So we're going to go through this one by one. And we'll start in verse 1. And first, before we see that, you see it is a psalm of David's. All three of those I spoke of are psalms of David. And the first thing he says is, the earth is the Lord's. And I'm struck by that because I look at man and I see what man has done throughout all of history. You know, first they, they went into territories and they had lands and they, they, they took big old chunks of land as their own, as countries. And then they divided those countries up in provinces or, or states. And then they divide those states up in cities and they divide those cities up in counties or, or counties up in cities and man keeps dividing all the land that God says is his. And it does not change the fact that the word of God, which we just read, said the earth is the Lord's. I know I got a deed to the land that I own, but I don't own it. The earth is the Lord's. If you turn with me just over a couple psalms to Psalm 50, you'll see where Asaph joins in with this idea and this understanding that everything is of the Lord. In Psalm 50, and we begin in verse 10, he says, and he's not speaking of himself, once again, he's speaking of Christ, For every beast of the forest is mine, and a cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains. And the wild beasts of the field are mine. For the world is mine. And the fullness thereof. I'm sorry, I skipped part of 12. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee. For the world is mine. And the fullness thereof. Our God doesn't need us. Our Lord doesn't need us. For everything is His. That's the point. Paul wrote it this way in Colossians 1, 16 and 17 when speaking of Christ. He said, For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. The earth is the Lord's. And He is before all things. He is eternal. And by Him all things consist. Which brings us into the second clause, and the fullness thereof. I don't know how much time you think about the fullness of the earth. You know, I thought about that too, and it strikes me that I'm a beachgoer, and I go to the beach almost every year. And I'll look out there at night or, or early in the morning and we'll see a bunch of boats out there. And they're out there catching shrimp. Or they're out there catching fish. And we've seen these documentaries. We've seen people, all these fish, they'll cast their nets. They're catching thousands of fish. And you think about that uh, going all the way back to when Jesus walked this earth. And way back then before when the world was made, all the fish that have been caught. And yet there's still abundance of fish. Why is that? It's because of the king of glory. The fullness of the earth is his. We hear so much about the world deteriorating. Or you, you think about us going out there and breathing. All of the birds and all the insects breathing the same air. And yet there's an abundance of air. There always has been. And there always will be. 
You know why? Because the king of glory reigns over the, the heavens. The king of glory reigns over the earth. And the fullness thereof is his. We think of all of these things that we see and, and all the things, the crops. And, we, and, and think about that. Now, all these, these farmers that grow and all these, you guys know you got these orange groves and you're taking, the trees are taking the minerals out of the earth. And yet the earth still has an abundance of minerals everywhere. Why is that? It's because of the king of glory. The fullness is his. Everything, it's not enough just to say the earth is his. The fullness of it is. And he's the king that reigns over all those things. And when we hear those things coming out of the media, and we hear those things coming, oh, the earth and the ozone layer, and everyone's going to get burned up, and all the oxygen's going away, and, and all the trees, there's millions of them. Because he sustains them. And man has always been doing his best to chop down whatever, and then the Lord builds them back up. And we fret about things like that. Are we going to run out of gasoline? Are we going to run out of these things? Because we hear those reports. Oh boy, one day it's going to get so bad we're going to all wear uh, air tanks on our back because there won't be enough air. Not if you believe the Lord. Not if you, you trust in His Word. Not if the Lord says to you, the, Lord, the earth is mine and the fullness thereof. See, all this is by appointment. That's what we read in Colossians. Uh, everything was created by Christ. Well, we know when we go back to Genesis, we see it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But the Father has put everything in the Son's hands. And He governs everything and all the things we have needed. Listen, today, I mean, I know we feel it. There's a shortage of things. There's a shortage of things on the shelves. There's a shortage of food here. There's a shortage there. And who knows how much worse it'll get. But here's one thing for sure. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof is His to distribute. He takes care of His... We're just saying that. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is faithful to His people. He's a faithful shepherd. That's what 23 told us. And we, as we worry about these things, and we worry about will we run out of these things, may the Lord bring us to this passage. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. You know, we, we spend a lot of time speaking about election. And it's very true. The Lord has elected people that will be his people throughout all eternity. But I want you to know something today. I think you do know that everybody that dwells upon this earth is his. The sheep are his and the goats are his. To do as it is pleasing to him. As a faithful creator. Every man, I, I've, I've been around free will religionists my whole life. I've been around people look up to God and tell them what they're going to do. I've, I've heard people every day of my life say who they are to God. And, and I, I, I feel sorry for them. Because the Lord has proved to me his sovereignty. And I'm just a tenant here on this, in this world. Subject to eviction at any time. All of us are. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and the world and they that dwell therein. Everything belongs to this king. 
And that's comforting to me. Because that king is the one who governs all things. That king is the one who, who, who dispenses all things. That's my Joseph that opens the storehouses. Everything is by him and for him. For, verse 2, he has founded it upon the seas. And that's what Genesis 1-9 told us. It says, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the land appear, and it was so. The Lord made the lands out of the sea. The Lord brought forth the land, and he still sustains the land today. And he's told us, and he's promised, there would never be another flood. He's established it upon the floods. This is the Lord's. This is the Lord who sustains you and I every day. And everything that we worry about and all of those things that we think about. And, and, and I'll say this too. I know sometimes we like to look at the crops that come out of the ground and say, well, those are the Lord's. And then we read the bottom of that, uh, that uh, carton of whatever we're looking at. And we got all these mineral or things, this synthetic oil, this synthetic. We say, well, that's man's. No, it's not. It's the Lord's. And all those pills that we take to, to help our blood pressure go down when the Lord blesses them. You know why? Because they're His. Everything is His to do as He pleases with it. I find that to be very comforting this morning. I hope you do too. There's nothing left to chance in this world because King Jesus is reigning over it. Over everything. He knows every need of every one of the people on the face of this earth. And he knows every need, especially of his church. And he's provided, because great is his faithfulness. He's founded upon the seas and established it upon the floods. And then we have this critical question comes forth in this psalm. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? That's into heaven. Who can ascend up into heaven? Who can come? Who can be where the creator is? Who can ascend? Who has the right to go up there? Who has the ability or the merit to ascend into the house of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? The Lord Jesus Christ answered this question in John 3.13 when he said these words, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Christ answered this question for us. He answered it in, in John's epistle. But I hope you understand when we come to a verse like this, I know a lot of modern religionists today come and look at this as man. They say, well, which one of us, which one of us are qualified? Have you kept yourself? Have you obeyed as much as you can obey? Have you done all of these things? And the whole pharisaical religion got around pointing at every man. Well, you're not worthy. I am. You're not worthy, but I am. But that question is answered for us today. He doesn't leave us to say, well, well who shall ascend? He tells us in the very next verse. Who is this king of glory? But he tells us, he that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Is that you? Do you have clean hands today? Hands that have never sinned? Do you have a pure heart? One that doesn't think deceitful thoughts? One that never sins? 
Is that you? Or one who, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity? How many times do we think vain thoughts? If I do this, my life will be sustained or I'll live longer. If I do this to my body, I'll look better. If I do this in my job, I'll gain time. We have all this vanity of thoughts. How we're going to keep our lives. How we're going to do all these things. But the one that shall ascend into the house, the hill of the Lord, and the one that will stand in His holy place, is one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who's not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Now think about that. Many times our mouths deceive us and we deceive others by the things that we say because we want them to believe what we have to say. We want them to see a picture of us that we want them to see. Maybe, maybe you say, well, I, I don't do that. Well, maybe in the morning your, your loved one says, how are you doing? And you're really hurting inside. You go, oh, I'm doing fine. I feel great. There's always a facade put out there because of our pride and Maybe we don't let one others to worry about us or whatever. And it becomes easy just to deceive one another. Those are just little, little things that I think we can see this and say, well, that ain't me. I, I'm, I've sworn deceitfully at times. My hands aren't clean. So who could it be then? Who is worthy to take this? In Proverbs 27, 9, I'm sorry, the question was asked by Solomon. He said, Who can say, I have made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin. Who can say that? That's what the, the psalmist is asking us here. Who is worthy? Who, who fits this description? You know, Jesus told us, He told us what the first and greatest commandment was. And I think when I say that, it should come to your mind. And that is... I. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Well, let's look at verse 4. Verse 4 says, He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Jesus said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart. Then he says, He was not lifted up his soul unto vanity, and with your whole soul. And then he says, nor sworn deceitfully. And the Lord says, with all your mind and with all your strength. Who can do such a thing? The king. My king. My head. My all in all. I hope you can say those same words this morning. That's who the king of glory is. He is all of these things. He has obeyed perfectly. It's His righteousness that He clothes me in. Not my works. Not my righteous things. They're all filthy rags. But His is what's described for us in four. He's perfect and pure. Who shall stand in His holy place? Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who has the right to ascend on the right hand of the Father? That's the questions that's put forth to us this morning. And then in verse 5, we see the blessing 
he shall receive the blessing from the Lord. The one who has, the one who has ascended up for us, he has ascended all of the covenant redemption that his people are in, that he has died on their place, in their place. This is the one. He receives the blessing of the Lord. He, that's, what, that's what Colossians tells us. In him all things consist. The Father has turned everything over to the Son. He has put all enemies under his feet. That's who's reigning in our lives, I hope. That's who's reigning in this dire time that we live in today. When all of those things seem to be, they seem to be getting worse each day. It's harder to find things. We have King Jesus. And the fullness of this earth is His. And He provides. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and the righteousness from the God of His salvation. His perfect obedience is a perfect righteousness. And as I've mentioned already, that's the only way the church could ever, ever be presented to the Father. I don't think we understand the depth of how far God stands from sin. I don't think we understand the need of a mediator. We need a mediator because we are so far away from God because of sin. We need that one to bring us and reconcile us to the Father by His perfect obedience, by His blood, and by His righteousness, and by His perfect work here. It is finished. He has done it all. Ephesians 1, 3, Paul said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Any spiritual blessing that you ever receive will come forth from Christ. They're all in Him. Then we, verse, we move from the, the focus, the whole focus, one through five, is asking this question, telling us who this one is, who, whose qualifications, whose merit, who can answer these, who can ascend up to the Father, who could do these things. Then he describes the answer, who, who is fitted for the job. And then in verse six is where we first have us mentioned those in Christ see everything that Christ has he has for his church as he has ascended up into heaven we will ascend up into heaven as he is the king and he, as he has presented himself to the father he will present us to the father there is a generation this is the generation of them that seek him that generation are all of those in Christ Jesus. We went from the singular now to Christ and His body. This is the generation that's of them that seek Him, that seek Thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Stop and ponder about the King. Stop and think about what the King has done. 
Turn with me over to Isaiah 44. We'll come back here, so hold your finger there. We're going to turn to Isaiah 44. First five verses of Isaiah 44. See and depict these blessings that the church has in Christ and how the blessing of His is the blessing of ours. Isaiah 44 reads this way, Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee, and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jesurim, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed. That's the the, the spirit of the Holy Spirit that is poured upon and dwells within the church and the children of God. Because everything has now been given to Christ. Christ said, I'll send my spirit. He will dwell in my people and he will speak and take everything that I've ever said and he will reveal it to them. That's just not words. It's the meaning. It's the depth. It's what he's done in his life and it's what he's done in eternity for his children. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. And they shall spring up as among the grass, as willows by the water courses. One shall say, listen to the testimony of the church. One shall say, I am the Lord's. When the Holy Spirit works in your heart and in your life and in your soul, that is your conversation. I am the Lord's. I am the Lord's to do with what pleases Him. I am not my own. I've been purchased by my Lord and Savior. I am the Lord's. And another shall call himself by the name of Jacob. I'm a Christian. I am Christ's. There's no other name given under heaven whereas men may be saved. It's that name that I go by. It's that's the name I want to hear. That's the name that's the name above all names. And another shall subscribe with his hand unto the Lord. Oh Lord, it's all of you. Lord, these hands and what you've enabled these hands to do is by you. Everything in this world is yours to do as it is to will and to do of your good pleasure. And anything that's provided for these hands are because of the hands that holds me up this day. It's by his hand. It's by the one who sustains life. It's the king of glory. One shall say, I am the Lord's, and another shall call himself by the name of Jacob, and another shall subscribe with his hands unto the Lord and surname himself by the name of Israel. We sing that song sometimes, take the name of Jesus with you. That's not a, a physical thing. 
Jesus is written upon my heart, and He's written upon my mind, and He's written upon my soul. And as I go to the workplace, Jesus goes before me. As I go to the marketplace, Jesus goes before me. And if I go down to sit at the DMV, Jesus goes before me. And if I go into the hospital, Jesus goes before me. And wherever I go, that name goes before me. That's the shepherd's song. I want you to think about that verse 5. Think about that terminology. Think about what the, the Bible says the people of God call themselves. And then may the Holy Spirit reveal to you, is that your language? Is that who I am today? Do I ascribe everything to my Lord? Have I given Him all the praise for what He's done? Have I bowed my knee to His sovereign will in my life? Those are the questions that come into our lives as the Holy Spirit brings them and searches the Word and says, Are these your words? Is Christ your all in all? Is He in all? Let's go back to our text. This is the generation of them that seek Him. That seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. We have come so far in this psalm to see the qualifications. The one who is sovereign over all things. Who has founded all things. Everything is His. The only one who could ascend up to the house, the hill of the Lord, who could stand in his holy place, the one that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul into vanity, who has not sworn deceitfully, the one who has received all blessings from the Father and the righteousness from the God of his salvation. That's the perfect obedience. I have done thy will, Father. I've done it all. Kept everything, kept every one you've given me. I've not lost one. That's the king of glory. And then, after that has been established, as kingship has been established, and all that he's done in his rightful place, and what he's come down here to do, he now has ascended back into heaven. This is our eternal Jesus. And that's key to understand this. He is our eternal Jesus. We are eternally in Him, chosen in Him. This, the rest of this psalm will depict that. There is a generation that seek Him. And we seek Him because He sought us first. He is our seeking merchant man. He is the one who would sell his life for that pearl. He is the one who has laid down his life for that pearl. That is Christ my Savior and my Redeemer. And so we have pictured for us in Revelation, we have the angels standing at the gates of heaven. If you can picture that. And we have this question then being asked, lift up, or not question yet, lift up your heads. What reason do we have to pout? <laughs> What reason do we have for our heads to hang down for everything that's been said and everything that's true in these passages? What reason do we have? Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, 
and the king of glory shall come in. This speaks of his ascension. Hebrews 9, Paul writes this in Hebrews 9, 11, and 12. But Christ, being come a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. That's what he's obtained, eternal redemption for us. And now he reigns in the holy place. Is your king reigning this morning? Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. He shall ascend. Who is this King of Glory? Well, we have described Him today. The Lord, that Lord, all capital L-O-R-D, means Jehovah. It means the Lord our God. The Lord Christ. The Lord strong and mighty. Is there any stronger than Him? As He has come here to defeat all of our enemies? As we to we're told in John that He was manifested to defeat the devil, the works of the devil. As we, as we hear that he's the stronger than the strong man who binds that strong man and throws him out because none of us in this room could do it. None in this earth could do it and have the strength. That's the strength he possesses. He is my strength. He is the reason that Satan can be cast out. He is the reason he holds the world off from overtaking us. That world that's so close and put in our heart. That enemy, that enemy of the flesh that rises up every day. He's the mortifier. He's the strength. He's the one that beats it down. He's the one that puts it to death. He's the one that increases. We're the ones that decrease. Who is this King of glory? What words would you describe Him in your life today? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. I think of those enemies I just mentioned. Sin and Satan, the world and self. And I think of the battles that go on every day. You know them. You know them. You live here. You live here with me. <laughs> we live on this earth. We know what battles we go through with our thoughts and our minds. We know what we go through in this world and the, the oppression of this world. We know what we go through by the wicked one coming. Maybe we don't understand the depth of it. Maybe we just feel those fiery darts. You know what sin does. It causes the head to, to hold down, to, to be weighed down. But the king of glory lifts it up because of his blood. Because of this eternal redemption. Because he has saved his people. He has come and saved his people. Because He has stood in our place as our perfect substitute. Because He is the justifier of all of those that are in Him. They're not guilty, Father, by reason of my righteousness. 
by reason of my perfect obedience, by reason of my perfect blood that has cleansed them from all unrighteousness. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty and the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. That's the end of, I love that how 1 Corinthians 15 ends after speaking about our glorious resurrection and His resurrection. He says in 57, But thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what verse 9 tells us. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. King of glory shall come in. Death couldn't hold him. All the soldiers couldn't hold him. The wicked one couldn't hold him. He has come out of the grave. He's alive. He's living. He is risen. And he has ascended and reigning for his people today. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. And then don't miss this last verse. Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord of hosts now. You know that? That's the host of people that that He went first. Remember, He's eternal. We're eternal. Everything Christ went through, the death and resurrection and ascension, we will Because of this King of glory. Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord of hosts. And as Thessalonians pictures him coming out of the coming from the heavens with all of his saints behind him for that day, all of those saints will ascend right up by. He's the train that'll the conductor of the train that'll take him to heaven. That's the King of glory. What is glory? What is glorification? To be with Him eternally. Oh, may the Lord bring our sights from this earth and all that befalls us on this earth and the things that that are going wrong in our bodies, especially us getting older every day. We feel them. We feel them. We need to know the King of glory. Who is this King of glory? I can't answer that in your soul this morning. But I know He can. The Lord of hosts, He is the King of glory. Selah. Dear Heavenly Father, add Thy power, Thy clarity, and Lord, reveal Thyself as the King of glory this morning in the hearts and souls of Thy people. For Thy glory and for Thy name's sake. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.